Welcome back to another episode of People of Product. My name is George Brooks. We're in the middle of a short series on the basics of product. And as People of Product has grown, we've continued to talk to many of you, innovators, creative leaders, practitioners around the world of product. But after almost 100 episodes, we realized one of the biggest challenges was actually the basics of product. Digital products and services are taking all different shapes and sizes as the world grows so quickly, from artificial intelligence to blockchain, metaverse, and more. But the core reality is still true. The best products and experiences are built by creative people working together to explore possibilities and build the future. Today, we're exploring what is probably one of the most challenging things to continuously do, to come back to, and that is alignment. How do you work with a a diverse group of people, capabilities, experience levels, and influences, all to stay aligned on what ought to be done next? So let's talk about that. Hey, George. Hey, Dan. You know, you know that that line that I use all the time, which is that we're which in, one? Oh, yeah, I know. I have a lot of sayings, <laughs> don't I? The Georgisms. Oh, uh, the Georgisms. That, yeah, oh, we should do an episode. On uh, that's all on Georgisms. Yeah. Well, one of them, and probably right. the one I use the most, mm. is we're in the business of people. Mm-hmm. We just happen to design and build products, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a great one. Right. I mean, I think it's true for any company. You're in the business of people. You just happen to do whatever it is you're doing. But when you're working with people that are different, that have different <laughs> backgrounds, different experience levels, different focuses, etc. It is incredibly difficult to mm-hmm. keep them aligned on what you're trying to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, is this something you've seen? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you mean, yeah, yeah, we know. I'm, it's, I'm, maybe it's a little <laughs> softball. It's a little softball, right? Yeah. And I think why it's so hard is because it's so important. I mean, even back to kind of why we're getting back to the basics is that you know, we mentioned the most creative products are built by some of the most creative, adaptive, you know, intelligent teams, but bringing individuals like that together is not easy. And I think that's why it's so important. I, I don't know. And maybe this is a, just a broad generalization, but I feel like the hardest things or the most important things are the hardest, Yeah. you know, to yeah. do. And, and it doesn't matter what kind of team you're leading, but mm-hmm just within our space, it's incredibly important when you're bringing individuals that are creative, um, that are curious, that see the world through kind of this digital lens, um, it opens up a lot of questions. So if you were invited to a product team, you step in the room, mm-hmm. one, who, who are you people? You know, I may not know you. Yeah, I, I don't you trust know, you. Different skill sets. Um, what are we here to do? Kind of like, what are we building? Uh, the why behind it? Yep. So kind of like the who, what, where, why, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to answer all of those questions. Yeah. And so, and, and it's really di- difficult because if you were to slide a sheet of paper with those questions to everyone, there would be so many different answers because of just unique perspectives. Yeah. And people don't err towards alignment, right? They yeah. err towards dysfunction. Yeah. Do you remember oh, when we used, like do you yeah. remember, do you remember when we used to interview uh, new employees at Crema uh-huh. and we would do it as a team? Mm-hmm. And we would get together and we'd interview the person and it would mm-hmm. usually be going pretty well. And then we'd step back away and it was like, okay, you know, the person will walk out. Thanks for coming. You yeah. know? <laughs> and then we turn to the team and we go, Hey, what'd you guys all think? Yeah. And the team would be like, yeah, that's, that's a great yeah. interview. That's everything. And then one person would go, 
did you see the, the face they made when we asked that one question? Right. And then everybody be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. And then it would just like barrel roll, <laughs> snowball just from there to just like <sighs> grabbing pitchforks and like going yeah. to like track the person down in the street. Right. It was, it always airs towards negativity. I mean, like the internet proves this, right? But like right. towards negativity, towards dysfunction, towards right. does not often move towards people getting aligned. Yeah, that's an interesting concept and could probably be explored further at another time. But there's also a sign of protection there. Yeah. Like when you get a team yes. that's aligned yeah, and you want to introduce and maybe another person, another personality. It's a threat. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could be another episode. Well, anyways, but, but it yeah. kind of goes to that. There are some core, there's a core things that are true inside of teams and mm -hmm. often why they don't work. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you're a big fan of Pat Lencioni and his work, yeah. The Five Dysfunctions Just of broadly. a Team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's a brilliant author and speaker, but maybe you can unpack, what, what is he, how does he refer to this? He, th he talks about this, there being five clear dysfunctions yeah. of teams. What, yeah. what does that look like? And you know, you're always a little hesitant when someone says, you know, five dysfunctions or the 10 irrefutable yeah, principles, yeah. but <laughs> just in our experience, we can, not necessarily prove, but we can probably affirm that he's right on cue yep. with this. And so, you know, he has five and they kind of, they get shaped in a period and they build off one another. Oh, okay. Um, and the idea of like, there's the absence of trust. Um, there's the fear of conflict from that. And then there's lack of commitment, avoidance of accountability, and then the inattention to results. And you, just by naming those, you can probably see how they build on one another. But first there's an absence of trust. And so the way he frames it, uh, is it's not necessarily a trust of like you're reliable like if i'm driving over this bridge i'm trusting the reliability of the bridge right i i trust this chair right right now. exactly that i won't fall back or whatnot mm -hmm. and again that is an important aspect of trust but he talks more about it from an aspect of vulnerability so mm. if you enter into a room with your teammates you want to have this almost like this this feeling of safety that whatever i say whatever opinion idea it's not going to be held against me. Right. I want to be able to trust individuals like that. So there's this idea of, of being vulnerable and that builds into the next of avoid, or I'm sorry, fear of conflict, because if you don't trust the individuals around you, you're probably not I'm like, I'm not going to say what I really think. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to challenge. I'm not going to debate. Um, I'm not going to have a disagreement with the understanding that it's not going to be held against me. Right. And I'm going to be able to interact with this person who, or these people in a way that's uh, actually constructive debate. So likely you're going to have boring meetings. You're probably <laughs> really, I've been you, in some yeah, boring meetings. You'll, you'll yeah. just touch the surface. Yeah. Uh, you, no one's really going to say what they really think for fear again of maybe the office politics. And so there's that. So again, absence of trust then leads to this fear of conflict. Mm -hmm. And then the next one is lack of commitment. Cause think about it. If you're not having the real, conversations and you're kind of thinking like, oh, I'm not going to put my, you know, stick my neck out for this. Right. I'm not going to necessarily fully commit. I'm not going to fully commit to what's going on because I don't agree, but I'm not going to voice that. I don't. Yeah. yeah. And you, it's hard to agree when things are ambiguous because yeah. no one's really truly saying what they think. And so you kind of just have this laissez faire like mm -hmm. attitude of like, man, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to stick my neck out on the line for this. Right. And so, so you can already tell even through the first three that that's not a team you really want to be a part of. Right. Then you get to avoidance of, of accountability. And so why would you, why would you hold yourself or anyone else to accountable when you have no idea what you've committed to? Right. Oh my goodness. We, oh, this is something <laughs> really? we, we yeah. used to talk about that you can't hold, you can't hold someone accountable to something they did not commit to. It's not fair, right. honestly, right. or a kind thing to do. Yeah. 
And so if you don't trust one another and you aren't willing to have good constructive conflict to where you can actually um, create good levels of commitment, you're not going to hold yourself or anyone accountable. Which then at the at the end, at the you know the tip of the iceberg, falls apart. which is what usually everyone sees. We didn't hit our results. Yeah, it's Why? the inattention inattention to results. Well, it's again, it's almost impossible to hit any sort of a result if no one's accountable to anything. And so there's stagnation. And I would say, and I would guess you would say the same thing that yes, you can see objectively we didn't hit results, but mm. you can also feel it. Oh yeah. You know, you can walk into a room and if a team's not working well. You can just be like, oh, they're not getting anything done. And you probably don't even have to ask a question. You mm -hmm. can just feel it. You mm -hmm. can feel like, uh, no one's being vulnerable. You're just kind of glassing over things. There's people walking on eggshells. I can tell that person wants to say something, but they're not. Yep. They're afraid of someone or something in this room. And it's, it's just stagnates. We've had projects where, or clients that we've either, either the first time that we walked into their spaces, we felt it, felt it on their teams. Right. Or we really struggled to get our teams to align back to kind of the point of this conversation between us and the client. Mm -hmm. And you could tell even months later when you walked into this space and the clients in the room and we're in the room that it was like, man, this still doesn't feel right. Right. Like we should, we should be addressing this immediately right. because I can't imagine anything's getting done at the pace that we want it to be. Yeah. Right. And we've been in conversations before either with industry peers or, you know, you start talking about, well, the first step really you need to build back that trust it can kind of seem kind of touchy feely, touchy -feely. Oh, yeah the, it's just like oh we, know, we just go we just need to get the results crap. but yeah. it, right but if you think about it if you want to you know if you want the tip of the iceberg the results to be shown and to be really what you wanted to hit you've got to start underneath the surface and so to get some a team that's dysfunctional to functional you have to start at the base of the pyramid which is trust which then, then can ladder up to good constructive debate and so forth Okay. That's, that's great. Um, the, the challenge <laughs> yeah, right. is easy, right? <laughs> yeah. Because basically what we've said is we're trying to, we're trying to get, you know, product teams, cross-functional teams to get aligned around a shared vision, a shared problem that they're trying to, to solve. We talked about that in previous episodes. We're trying to get them to get started and then to stay aligned. So you've got these innovative, diverse capabilities, experiences, perspectives, but generally speaking, errors towards dysfunction mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of alignment. Well, how can we possibly ever believe that teams will ever get aligned then? Um, or that we can actually do this kind of work. Right. It is possible, but it takes a lot of work. It's mm -hmm. super hard. And actually Kai Haley, who's the director of product design for growth in international Coinbase, um, shares a little bit about this specifically from the word usage of shared language. One of the things that I see that we always struggle with is shared language and building this alignment and and even just shared understanding of what is the problem to solve and how to prioritize which problem to solve first and so when you go into these conversations you know if you go into a conversation oftentimes it's like you know we need a, a stronger relationship between cross-functional relationship right between our engineers and our UX and our product folks. Um, and if you have that foundation, then at least you have a place to start from, which yeah. is we know how to talk to each other. We have shared language. I love that idea of if we're not using, if we're not using the same words, mm -hmm. we're not using the same words in the same way, mm -hmm. right? So if we don't, if we don't mean the same thing when we're coming in, 
um, then it's going to be really hard to stay aligned on what, what are we trying to do together? Mm -hmm. We have this space in our, our notion knowledge base. If you're not familiar with notion, it's a place to kind of just put all the information. You can organize it as a project management tool or as a, like a repository of truth is Mm -hmm. how we kind of use it for our, Mm -hmm. our company. And one of the areas in there is, is called our jargon library, right? Our glossary of words. And it's important because we use terms, mm-hmm. you know, like what is a retrospective right. or what does a sprint mean or what is a story point or what is the back burner or whatever. Like these terms that we just kind of assume everybody knows mm-hmm. and people kind of pretend like they do. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder like, hey, why are you doing that like that over there? And you realize it's because they didn't understand what we were saying. It just the basics of language. Right. Yeah. Key. Yeah. To getting a team aligned. Shared language and even a shared understanding of what something might look like. I remember we had a, well, this probably happened several times, but um, a, a team will come in, we'll work with them and uh, they seem really well aligned. And then we go through an exercise of like, everyone take a minute to draw mm-hmm. what they think this looks like on the, the board. The crazy eights. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then you realize, and then they're all looking at each other going like, oh, wow, we did not have a shared whatever language understanding of what it might look like vision and so then the work happens of bringing one, everyone together and that's if you go back to Lencioni's dysfunctions they may have had trust but they um, when it comes to shared language how can you have constructive debate if you're not even sharing kind of first principles of mm-hmm. what this might look like the mm-hmm. basics of what might look like and yeah. so that's a principle um, just a, a, a mental model of thinking is like if you don't have some level of shared knowledge, okay, let's get it down to first principles. What are we actually talking about here? Which is, I think, what Kai was mentioning around this shared language. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, what, what, one thing that I think we run into on a regular basis is what I refer to as the, um, there's like the honeymoon phase. When mm-hmm. You come together as a team, mm-hmm. which is yeah. like, Man, we're we're this finishing each, yeah we're finishing each other's <laughs> sentences right. or sandwiches depending on if you're into <laughs> Disney movies, um, and but then there's this this phase where you go like oh man I mean we're not operating as well as I thought we were going to hmm. we're not we're not doing we're not doing right as good as I thought we were going to be doing it's not as fast as I thought it was going to be going why is this person even in the room? You yeah. know, like there's this, you I'm more kind of, annoyed yeah. than, I th- than I thought I might be. Yeah, exactly. And I, sometimes it's referred to as the trough of despair, <laughs> yes. right? Which is to say yes. like, there's no way to fix this. Mm. It's always going to be this way. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. And we know from experience, both in startups go through this trough of despair. Cause like, it's that part where you have to mm-hmm. find product market fit or teams go through this as well, where it's just that product you're hitting that ground of like, this is not quite right. Mm-hmm. Can we, can we turn back up to get back up on that trajectory? That's going to get us doing good work. Right. Um, have you, have you seen that? Have you, uh, is there a way to kind of think through that? I guess. Yeah. And, um, it's a fairly common principle, but this idea of forming, storming, oh, yeah, that's right. um, norming and performing. And I think I've, I think it's a six, uh, Sigma six term yep. and, um, done a little bit of research on it, but it makes a ton of sense because uh, as you mentioned the honeymoon, so, you know, you're, you come together and you form a team. Right. And if you're in product that happens every time. Yeah. You have to, because even if you're working with the same team, maybe on a multi-year product, I- individual stakeholders are going to change. Mm-hmm. Even in a startup, you start mm-hmm. with founders, 
and customers. Then, you know, if you raise a series A, then you got investors. So you're always, for the most part, there's new forming, you know, that, that yeah. kind of like coming together. Right. And so, um, as you come together, um, a lot of the forming is again, you're learning each other's skill set. who's going to do what, maybe what's our roadmap, what are we trying to accomplish? We're all coming together around this vision. And so there's this, yeah. this what forming. problem are we solving? Kind right. of some of the things we talked about in previous episodes. Right. But then there's the storming phase. Yeah. And when you think about storm, it's like, okay, you know, I think of maybe turbulent waters, you uh-huh. know, kind of, kind of rocky. Well, that would be correct because at some point there's some level of just, again, I had maybe a unique perspective of how this was going to go. Yeah. An or, expectation even. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I had an expectation because we're all faced, um, and we mentioned this before, at the beginning of a team, there's these unknowns, unknowns, mm-hmm. but you're starting to fill in those gaps yourself yep. based off maybe your own personal experience with teams or or anything really. Or, or life or family right. or whatever. Yeah. I'm also doing the same thing. And so when we get to something where maybe those gaps are kind of tested or stress tested, mm-hmm. pressure tested, if you will, um, we may buckle or at different times, yep. you know, we may uh, get triggered at different ways to where it's just like, huh, I thought this way, you thought this way, or I have a different solution because right. I've done research on this industry. Well, I've also done research, but on a different industry and they solved it this way. Yeah. So there's all these storming factors, Yep. different skill sets, different expectations. And that storming phase, depending on how you approach it can actually last quite a long time. Well, and it goes back to Pat Lencioni's, um, where it's like, if you don't have that trust built in to be willing to go through the conflict of the storming stage to get to a commitment level, right? Then you won't survive it. Right. And, um, we've, we've had client experiences or we've had friends that have gone through, you know, business partnerships where it's been like, or or marriages for that matter. You know, we're like, why can't we get through this phase? Yeah. And there's this lack of the ability to go. It, we kind of should have expected it. Right. It's, you have to name it. It's going to happen. It's like, we are not, we're not doing well. Right. Right. <laughs> and it can be as simple as that. You know what? We're just not doing well. Let's talk about that. And, and, and I think that even if you can, if you're listening to this now and you're just putting together a team, mm-hmm. expect that it's going to come. Right. Because you're going to have the honeymoon period where you think that, that these are the most beautiful people you've ever worked with <laughs> and they could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And they will love you always and ever. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, everything they say is, is beautiful. And then it's like, well, why did you say it like that? Right. What was that face? Right. Two months later, they're always wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. You, you, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before when you and I started the, uh, our partnership with Crema early on, we used to have this little ritual, if you will, where we would get together every Friday morning mm-hmm. at Mildred's coffee shop right over here, that crappy couch that they would cover with a sheet so that they <laughs> yes. couldn't see how crappy it was. Yeah, <laughs> they've since upgraded. But we would sit, and I think the basics, I mean, every week it was different, but we, we joked that the basic question was, how did I piss you off this week? Mm-hmm. And then you would be like, okay, let's talk about it. And about, mm-hmm. you know, and and then, how did you piss then me how off? how did I? Week? Right, exactly. <laughs> and it was just a simple recognition of it's not perfect. Right. And we need to figure out how to do this better together. Right. Now, we don't have to do that as much now as we used to. Right. Um, every once in a while it still comes up. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something we intentionally did and created a discipline around. Right. And I think teams often ignore it because they assume we're all professionals here. Just get back to work. We'll get through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But what we forget is we're all people. Yeah. Human beings. And we, we cause problems. Yes, we do. Um, and so Lencioni also talks about trust in the gap. 
And so there is this gap between uh, when there's ambiguity and you're not for sure maybe what someone said or you don't have all the context. That's where a little bit of distrust or a little bit of skepticism can come from. Right. And that's where kind of that storming can start. And so if you're just putting a team together, the biggest way to close that gap is to start thinking about the norming phase already yeah. and putting things in place of how will we behave right. when this happens because right. we know it's going to happen. And so what are some of the ways that we do that? What are some of the ways that, or even teams in general should be thinking about norming? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to accomplish this. One thing is just to get in the same room, right? Mm -hmm. You can get to get in the same room and, and kind of talk these things out. And again, like us sitting down and having a cup of, co cup of coffee, break bread together, right. it's a really powerful tool. But that isn't always uh, reasonable and it can't happen all the time because mm. then you get that meeting fatigue and right. you know there's there's a it's almost too expensive to do. So I think there's some asynchronous ways to do it, but I think early on, definitely have a conversation. It, as much as possible, step into the space, use radical candor if you want, yep. or use different uh, feedback mechanisms where you say, hey, I, I want to provide the feedback. This is how I'm experiencing this moment. Here were the expectations I had and how they're mismet, mm -hmm. et cetera. And so how do you can just name those clearly with enough right. trust to know we're going to get better at it? We talked about it in a previous episode, but one of the things that's really key that if you didn't make it before, this is the time to make it, which is a team charter. Yep, 100%. It's such a simple tool to just identify, here's how we believe things ought to be. Mm -hmm. Here's everybody's roles. Here's the expectations we have on this project and this particular team, how we will operate. Mm -hmm. And everybody commits, back to Lencioni, yep. commits to that's going to be true for us. Mm -hmm. And then you hold yourself accountable because you wrote it down. Right. And you have to come back to it. And if right. you don't come back to it, if you don't have the pissed off coffee meeting, right. then, then you won't, you won't remember that you need to come back to that conversation on a regular basis. So a team charter is absolutely huge. And then one of the things that we look for, especially with client relationships, but I think it's true with any team is uh, small wins. You're looking for momentum. Mm -hmm. So if you're in that trough, it can feel like all I want to do is not go from like the bottom of the trough. I just want to plateau. You know, I want to like climb a cliff to get out as fast as possible. I want somebody to throw me a, a lifeline to just rip me out. It's not exactly how it happens. What instead you really have to think is like, I need to create momentum, a flywheel mm -hmm. that's going to start curving back up and out. And sometimes it just takes a couple small wins. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? I agree with you on that point. Mm -hmm. You know what? I will compromise here. Yep. You know what? Let's try that experiment and see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And being willing to see those things out and see where the potential results are and then go, okay, that worked. Now let's try that again. And then that worked. That's oh, that one didn't. That's okay. You know, like there's trust here mm -hmm. and learning to kind of look for that momentum yeah. um, is a big piece of it, I think. Yeah, those little disciplines, uh, frequent feedback is a great discipline. Uh, don't wait, you know, a quarter, six months or even a year to give someone feedback. Yes. You know, put even put that down in your team charter. Uh, yeah. We're going to practice we will review. frequent feedback. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that goes with clients, too, or stakeholders, depending on, you know, what kind of uh, side of the business you're on is having those one on ones with a client. Yeah. Um, how did we do? Yep. Or is there any is there any context you're missing? Right. Just building those can help create, again, more trust to help your team norm together. And from a business ownership standpoint, or even, you know, if, if you're leading a team and maybe you have your own values or you have your own, okay, the, our vision for this team for this year is X. Yeah. And here's our strategy to get there. The team charter, the values that, again, those are the way, this is how we're going to behave and treat each other as we get there. So again, we have our own company values. So many companies have values. Yeah. And, um, and coming back to them often. Right. And what's refreshing to me is when you hear companies or, you know, you listen to people, you ask them a question, you know, um, 
do you feel like your company lives by those values? Like really, yeah. you know, sometimes they're yeah. just in the, the handbook, <laughs> yeah. but when someone says, Oh yeah, yeah, we really do. We, we, you know, we are graded on that. Uh, we talk to each other in that way. Um, if we're not, uh, you know, behaving or treating each other in a certain way, we can always go back to our values. That's what they're there for. Yeah. So whole, holistically that can create some level of norm of like, no matter what, when we get in the room, this is the baseline. Yeah. But then we might have a team charter or yep. something else on top. Of and that. those, it's almost like the same pyramid where you're layering on top of things yep. to kind of say our purpose and our values have to be true. That has to be the non-negotiable. If we can't, can't stick to that, then there's the, now how are we going to work together? Right or what's the true problem we're solving, you know, and kind of layers up to make sure then we can get to that last stage, which is performing. Yeah. And I mean, think about it. It's, it's not rocket science. If you have individuals that are competent, I mean, you, you're going to bring people to a team on purpose for yep. some reason, some role. And if you can work well together through trust and commit to one another and hold yourself accountable to results, it's, it, it's not rocket science. It's yeah. hard work. It is hard, but it's, it's very not, hard. Yeah. Um, I would say it's, it's not complicated. It's though. not, it's complex. Um, but again, it, you can do it again. Yeah. So if you can actually get to that point to where everyone trusts one another yes, and everyone is again, working at, at their best competence, then you're going to perform. Yeah. You really are. Yep. And it's a, beautiful thing to see mm -hmm. when it happens. Oh yeah. Now I read an article and I, you know, I don't have the science to back this up, but I'm, I'm going to quote the internet, if you will, <laughs> which is that on average, um, there was a study on teams that were kind of went through these phases and the pretty norm is that it takes up to four months for this to be done. Well, now I think intentional teams that know it's coming mm -hmm. that say, Hey, you know, the norming storming, uh, no, wait, four, Forming, storming, it's a lot of the ormings. Yeah. Storming, or <laughs> <clears throat> the forming, storming, norming, yeah. and performing stages are going to come. Mm. The five dysfunctions of a team are where we're going to err. Let's name that, mm -hmm. get prepared for it, right. get ahead of it, have those pissed off Friday coffee right. meetings, and get, get used to building in the rhythm. You can shorten that time drastically. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to take four months. Right. But it will happen. Mm -hmm. It's just a question of, are you going to let it take four months, six months, a year, two years, right. or are you going to address it in the course of a few days, weeks, or a month? Right. So uh, aligning and people, we're just hard work. Oh, gosh, we really are. Just um, it takes a lot of diligence to, as a leader, as a product leader, um, to align teams well of, of all sorts, different topics um, that we talked about today, including, again, who's going to do the work? Who do we bring, you know... Um, Oh, Collins, you know, who are the people we're going to bring onto the bus? Yes. And which seats are we going to put them in? Yep. But then once you get on that bus, it's like, okay, um, how do you work well together? Um, and then once that happens, you can really start achieving results um, around the plan that you wanted to. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you've clearly set ex those expectations with the team. You've kind of named how we're going to work together. You're having the disciplines to build in. But sometimes it's helpful to have an artifact, hmm. to have a thing that you draws you back, like a team charter. I mean, that's an artifact that we can come back to on a regular basis. We've kind of been talking a lot about like the formation of teams hmm. and the people coming together and getting aligned around a shared problem. But at a certain point, we got to figure out what is it that we're going to build? Hmm. How long is it going to take? Where are we going in this adventure together? Oh, interesting. A little, a little. Like a, like a map. Like a map, like a, maybe a, a map that has roads on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So, so in this, in the next episode, we're going to dive into this idea of roadmaps. Mm. Um, it's a little bit controversy controversy controversy. You know what? It's controversy of that controversial. It's a little controversial <laughs> in the sense that not about, not everybody agrees that you mm. should be thinking about what is right. two to five, 10 years out the road, down the road. If you, um, because it changes so much, but I think a tool like a roadmap can be a really great asset to make sure that you stay aligned as you move forward to maybe change the future. Can't wait. This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty with support from Julie Branson and Steph Inger. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.